Welcome to the Weekly Insight Podcast, where we break down the noise of the week and help you understand the psychology of the markets with your host, Andrew Dore at Insight Wealth Group. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the latest edition of the Weekly Insight Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Andrew Dore. I want to thank you for joining us today. I'll just remind you, as I do every week, that what you're about to hear today should not be considered individual investment advice, but instead just my thoughts and Insight Wealth Group's thoughts on what's happening in the market and the economy. If you'd like to discuss how this might relate to your personal portfolio, I would encourage you to give us a call. I was looking back this week and we wrote a memo, did a podcast a few years ago in which we discussed a weird phenomenon of our times. And we were discussing at the time a jobs report. It had been a particularly good jobs report. And we were discussing what its impact might be on the Fed's battle against inflation. And the theory was this, bad jobs data was good and good jobs data was bad. We called it bad jobs good, good jobs bad. The whole thing was that at the time, anything that looked like the economy was really chugging along was theoretically bad in the sense that it would add more inflation. It was a bit of an upside down argument, but the theory was we wanted to hear bad news so the Fed wouldn't raise rates further. Now, that's been true for much of the last two years as the Fed has tried to fight inflation. The more the economy slowed down, the less restrictive the Fed would eventually be. So that brings us to today. We got some incredibly good news last week about the economy. We'll talk about that in a second. And there's a Fed meeting coming up this week. They meet Tuesday and Wednesday. We hear from Mount Powell on Wednesday afternoon. So the question is, will that good news make the Fed less likely to ring the rate cut bell? Let's dive into it. So first of all, GDP. The never-ending misses by economists on GDP continued this week. In a big way, on Thursday, we got the final GDP data for 2023, and it showed tremendously good news. GDP grew in Q4 by 3.3%, and for the full year, by 2.5%. That was a strong improvement from the 1.9% growth we saw in 2022. Now, the Wall Street consensus, even last week, held that GDP in Q4 would grow by about 2%. So they missed it by over 50%. If you go all the way back to the beginning of the year, the quote-unquote consensus was that we would have almost no gain in 2023 for GDP. To put that in perspective, year-over-year GDP growth last year at 2.5% was actually nearly 12% higher than the 25-year average of 2.236%. Simply put, 2023 was a really good year in the economy. Now, all of that economic growth must make it harder for inflation to meet the Fed's targets, right? Not so much. I've talked on this podcast at length about the various measures of inflation before, but it's important to remember that the Fed's, quote, preferred measure of inflation is personal consumption expenditures, PCE. More specifically, they really focus on core PCE, which is PCE, net of food and energy. The day after we got the GDP data, we got the core PCE data. Core PCE grew 0.2% month over month and 2.9% year over year. While that is still higher than the Fed's 2% target, it actually looks much better if you look quarter over quarter because for the last two quarters, core PCE has grown at exactly 2% annualized for six months in a row. We've met the Fed's target, we just haven't done it for a full calendar year. So what does that mean for the Fed? This puts us in a bit of a good news, good news position. 
The economy is chugging right along, all while inflation is meeting the Fed's goals for the last six months. So does that mean rate cuts are imminent? Well, before we dive into what the Fed might do, let's look at what market consensus is. Again, we, we know that market consensus isn't always right, but it is changing. In our podcast two weeks ago, in, in which I actually talked about what if the consensus is wrong, we noted that the market was placing 76% odds on the first rate cut happening in March and that the market expected the Fed to cut rate seven times in 2024. Today, there is a less than 50% expectation that rate cuts will start in March. It's actually about 88% that the rate cuts will start in May. And the market is now pricing in six rate cuts in 2024. So the market has gotten a little bit less optimistic about rate cuts, all while we're getting some pretty good news about the economy. So why? It's fear, the oldest emotion in the book. But it's not fear in the market. It's actually fear that's happening at the Fed. What is the Fed afraid of? It's really simple. It's reputation. It's the 1970s. Martin Sandbu of the Financial Times stated in his column this week, the honest thing to say, if you really want to keep interest rates high, would be that the job is done, but could come undone. So it's better to keep rates high out of an abundance of caution. That's a really honest take that we would really love to hear the Fed just admit. The point here as Bloomberg columnist John Authors pointed out in Friday's column, is that the Fed fears recreating the, quote, worst central banking experience in modern history. And that is the Arthur Burns rate hikes and cuts and hikes again of the 1970s. The Burns Fed thought it had rates under control by 1976, and it started to cut rates, only to see inflation spike much higher to nearly 15% by 1980. Their unwillingness to stand pat on rates caused even greater harm. But this isn't the 1970s. Our inflation problem was not caused by the systemic issues of going off the gold standard. Instead, it was caused by a worldwide pandemic, one that has been resolved. And our economy today is much more stable and much more improved relative to what we saw in the mid-1970s. But that doesn't mean that mankind's oldest emotion, fear, can't still rule the day at the Fed. They have an amygdala, like I've talked about here on this podcast, just like investors. And their greatest fear is being remembered in the same breath as Arthur Burns. They would much rather be Paul Volcker, the great defeater of inflation. They've said as much. Fed Governor Christopher Waller earlier this month said, quote, the worst thing we could have is if inflation all reverses and we have already cut. The president of the Atlanta Fed, Raphael Bostic, said, quote, I'm expecting it's going to be bumpy. And because of that bumpiness, I feel like we've got to be careful. We do not want to go on these up and down or back and forth patterns. I want us to be absolutely certain that inflation is where we need it to be before we move too dramatically. Absolute certainty. Have you ever experienced absolute certainty in your life or in the markets, in the economy? I would argue they have it wrong. The worst thing is not to have to raise rates again. The worst thing is being too restrictive on rates and driving us into an unnecessary recession. So what will Chairman Powell and his crew say this week? We'll have to wait until Wednesday to find out. But the risk of an overcautious approach may inject some volatility into the markets in the coming days and weeks. Everyone keeps talking about a quote-unquote soft landing. Well, the runway lights are on. We've been cleared for landing. 
But it will not be good if Chairman Powell and his crew keep going around and around and around again until the plane runs out of gas. Let's hope that that's not the message on Wednesday. We'll leave it there for this week. As always, if you have questions about this or you'd like to discuss it, feel free to give us a call here at the office at 515-273-1333, or you can always visit us on the web at www.insightwealthgroup.com. I look forward to touching base with you again soon. Hope you have a great week. Take care. Securities offered through Arate Wealth Management, LLC, member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Arate Wealth Advisors, LLC, an SEC-registered investment firm. 